This is Mindset for Success with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen. I'm very excited to welcome today's guest, Kirsten Curtis. Kirsten is a board member, advisor, and consultant dedicating her time and energy to helping companies scale. She serves on the advisory board, Pure Plus, a company focused on creating healthy candies, as well as on the advisory board of High, a company distributing the nutritional space and We Global Studios, a founder, sorry, a foundry for female founders. She advises and consults with several other companies with specialties in operations, negotiations, and supply chain management. For many years, Kirsten worked as a principal in the Valor Operation Group. Her responsibilities included interim executive management, supply chain improvements, lean uh, implementations, project management, business process improvement, and supporting portfolio companies and a variety of growth initiatives across industries as diverse as consumer goods, restaurants, and cybersecurity. Prior to joining Valor, Kirsten was the CEO of Northern Quinoa Production Corporation. She turned around the 25-year-old Quinoa company before joining MQPC. She serves as the VP of Supply Chain Strategic Initiatives, leading the merger integration between Safeway and Albertson supply chains. And she's also worked as the VP of Supply Chain Planning and the Director of Demand. Welcome, Kristen. Kirsten, Thank I'm sorry. Thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you. Um, Kirsten, could you start by telling us a little bit about your background? Sure. I mean, I think you, you went through my bio, um, yeah. but I, I started my career off in, in supply chain management mm-hmm. and then decided to go into venture capital and uh, private equity. So I was very lucky that at, at an early age, I was an executive at a Fortune 100 company. And I think I've been able to take that experience and really use it to help companies grow and scale. Mm-hmm. And a little bit about your growing up. Sure. So I grew up in a small town of Truckee, California. Um, mm. And uh, I, my entire life, I just wanted to get out and see the world. So I was very fortunate that at the age of 15, I, I was able to study abroad in Sweden. And then at 17, I studied in Vienna. Uh, at 20, I studied in Paris. And mm. at 20-something, I studied in Spain. Um, so I was able to, to live abroad, and, and I have a penchant for speaking foreign languages. And, and so I'm very lucky that uh, I had that opportunity. And what do you account for why you're so interested in terms of abroad experiences from a young age? Well, I think partially, you know, uh, I come from a family of immigrants, and so uh, growing up, I would hear my grandparents tell stories about the homeland, uh, and that that interested in me. And then uh, my parents talked about the virtues of of travel and and different places, and um, I found it so interesting the the differences between cultures. Uh, Super Mm -hmm. fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um. Your diversity of learning about different languages and cultures has probably served you well in terms of business as well. 
Oh my goodness, it's it's one of my superpowers. So uh, you know, having having had to you know as a fifteen year old go to a, a school where I didn't know anybody, I didn't know the language, and you know everything was new, and having to adapt very quickly, I, I translated that in the business world to going into an organization, you know, to mm-hmm. coming in as an interim manager, um, and and then the other gift I have is. You know, I have an ability to speak foreign languages, and I find that the language spoken at different companies in different parts of the country, uh, people in different industries have their own language. Mm -hmm. And so I've been able to use that skill to quickly form rapport with with people um, in the companies I go into. Also means that you're really sort of good at listening to the details. Mm Mm-hmm. And and picking up on both verbal and nonverbal cues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What drove you to study engineering? Luck. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I took um, I took the GREs because I knew I wanted to do something else, but I had no idea what at the time. I was thinking I would become an Italian professor because I mm-hmm. like Italian, mm-hmm. and I did very well in the math section. And I got an email from MIT asking if I had ever considered a degree in supply chain. Hmm. And at the time, I had no idea what a supply chain was. But, you know, one day I had a very frustrating day at work, and I just wanted to do something different. And I thought, my goodness, I'm just going to apply to this program. I probably will never get in. And lo and behold, I was admitted. So speaking of supply chains, um, you worked successfully merging Safeway and Albertson into before taking yourself into a job in venture capital. Um, I'm struck by how uh, you are comfortable with risk in many areas of your life and how you continue even today to take risk. Um, do you know where this comes from and how you were able to do it? Good question. I'm not sure if I know where it comes from, although I do. Um, there's a, a quote that uh, says, Venus favors the bold, or fortune favors the bold. And, um, you know, the, the old adage of nothing ventured, nothing gained. I think it's important to take risks in life and, mm-hmm. um, and calculated risks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, where it comes from, I'm not sure. I'm, I was probably encouraged to take risk and to go for things as a young child, and I just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can give you some examples of some ridiculous, you know, risks I've taken and how they've worked. And mm-hmm. there's been plenty that haven't worked as well, you know. So uh, I've had my fair share of uh, of things that haven't worked out. But um, mm-hmm. I, I do think it's important um, to go for things uh, because, you know, and if, if you look at the downside of, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? And if it's not that bad, why not? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also true your parents took risk, right, being an um, immigrants coming over. Yes, it, it was actually my grandparents. Um, oh, your grandparents, yeah. They didn't, yeah, they didn't really have a choice. Uh, they were, you know, due to the war, they were mm-hmm. lucky to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but my parents also took some risks. And um, and I think I think life is about, for me at least, it's, it's making trade-offs and, and um, you know, taking calculated risks. And what do you think risks give you in terms of being able to open the horizons in terms of going forward in business or thinking about different things that you want to do? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. Uh, for myself, at least, I feel that fear, fear is that so powerful and it can hold me back so much. And there, there's so much I can do if I'm just not afraid. 
And so by forcing myself to take some risks and to deal with some rejections and to, um, to do things that I didn't think possible, I think I'm able to accomplish a lot more than I ever thought I could. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you experience, I don't know, fear, that negative internal chatter about your performance or your potential performance, if you've experienced that, what, do you, what have you learned to do to overcome them or come, overcome this? So, sure. To be clear, I feel fear all the time. In fact, I feel <laughs> fear more than most people. Um, there are so many things I'm afraid of. And I think that's, that's what courage is, right? To feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, that internal voice, and, and this is in business, it's in my personal life, sure. you know, sometimes I get scared just driving down the road, I get nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I uh, I think, you know, there's the, the cerebral kind of reaction, which is, okay, what's worse that's going to happen? Are you going to die from this? No, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. So, like, go mm-hmm. for it. You know, yes, you may, your ego may get bruised, but, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to kill you. It'll probably make you stronger. Um, and then, you know, for a while I went through a phase with a friend where I, I would seek out rejection, like on purpose, we had a little competition who could get rejected more. You know? <laughs> and, and the reason we did that was because, it, you know, it feels a little bit better to have moral support when you're getting rejected and mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was we really pushed us to go for things. And there are so many times I thought I would get rejected and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And that was such mm-hmm. an eye opener for me. Right, right, right. And that's another way to get over fear, right? It's like the desensitization therapy on getting in, in an airplane if you're afraid of, of flying. So setbacks, of course, are also inevitable in startups or business, new businesses. And have you ever experienced a setback? And if so, what, what did you do to overcome this? Oh, I've had many setbacks in my career. <laughs> many setbacks. Check, I mean, check, check. Check, 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 yeah. Um, and, and again, I think that goes hand in hand with risks and really going yes. for it. Yeah, and fear. If you have no setbacks, you're not, you're not trying hard enough. Right, exactly. Um, but, but that how, how to overcome it. Um, you know, I, uh, one example, uh, I graduated as the high school valedictorian. I was a two-time national karate champion, and I didn't actually get admitted into any college I applied to. Mm-hmm. I applied to, you know, Stanford and Harvard. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a top tier school and I didn't bother with anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but not getting accepted to college when I was a small town kind of, you know, star was, was incredibly challenging. That was the first mm-hmm. big setback I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, there was like a humility aspect to it as well as a sure. like, oh boy, what do I do now? Practical aspect, right? Sure. Uh, and so, so then it was coming up with a plan B. And mm-hmm. I think that that experience at an early age was actually very good for me in hindsight because it taught me that, look, you know, it's always good to have a plan A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And go for plan A, but be ready for plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. in life, you got to just really embrace plan B because that's mm-hmm. what you got to deal with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to remember to factor it in or to figure it out. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah the, when I was younger, I, I didn't have that plan B. It was A or bust. And that's. Probably not the best way to go about right, everything. Sure, I created sure. a plan B and you know was able to transfer to Stanford and the rest is history. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And in your opinion, does drive mean that you must prove yourself? And to do this, you must push yourself to or even beyond your limits, even if maybe it's too much. Oof, this is a dance I do a lot. <laughs> um, I think there's a difference between drive and being driven. And okay. one is, um, you know, 
kind of like a hamster on a wheel and you have no control over it. And the other is you can choose when to push. Mm. And that's a distinction that I try to remind myself of because I, I have an incredible drive and sometimes it just drives me ragged. Um, and so really being thoughtful about when I push versus when I don't Mm -hmm. is something that I'm working on right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and have been for a long time and probably will continue to do for a long time. Um, and that drive comes from the same part that made that, that encouraged you to go to Sweden at 15 in high school for high school. You know, honestly, I think it comes from fear Mm -hmm. to be brutally honest. Uh, I think there's a fear that I'm not good enough. There's a fear that, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to disappoint. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of those fears are probably irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel them, and mm-hmm. they push me, right? And so mm-hmm. one of the things I'm, you know, again, when I talk about being driven, is is kind of stepping back and thinking about, okay, why am I pushing so hard here? What am I trying to do? Why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it's because I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to disappoint or I'm afraid that I'm going to get in trouble or I'm afraid mm-hmm. of this, that, and the other, like, okay, not a good reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's, mm-hmm. Let's, let's let that one go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the drive piece also allows you to feel like you have control over it. And if you don't have control because you've got too much fear, then maybe the drive is misplaced. Correct. And being driven is more about feeling like you're in control of the fear. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, or whatever whatever it is that's driving it. Whatever, right? So, right. But dri- yeah, being driven, I think, is, is uh, having, having, or maybe, maybe it's the other way around. One of them is having control, and the other is letting it control you. Uh and, and so, um, but the fear you know, can I, sometimes I that, being out of your control, right? The fear can make you feel out of control yeah. at times. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I can go through a list of, you know, in the last two weeks, things I've done that other people are looking at saying, you're nuts. Like, that's crazy. What, why are you doing so much? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, mm-hmm. and so it's, it's something where it's, 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 I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I have not perfected this yet. Um, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but I do have an incredible ability to do a lot. Uh, but I don't always think it's it's for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And you talked about sort of learning how to do this better. What what have you learned to try to do this better? Well, and, and that's what I was talking about in terms of analyzing where this is coming from. Why am I pushing myself so hard? And I usually mm-hmm. get to the point where I'm about redlined. I'm having trouble breathing. I can't sleep. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I doing? You know. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. one of the work I'm doing is to try and you know before I get to that redline, like start analyzing things a little bit sooner so I don't get mm-hmm. to that point. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, kinder and gentler to you will help will help take things yeah. down a notch. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in compassion, self compassion. Right, and and having things that you like to do that are enjoyable <laughs> and not just about work too. Well, and making the time to actually enjoy them, right? So it's not like, for okay, sure. I have five for minutes, sure. I'm going to go for a quick run, and then I'm going to call my friend for two minutes, and then, you know, <laughs> do that. So. Is drive and self-confidence the same thing to you? I don't think so. Um, okay. I think, for me, drive is, is the, the oomph or the acceleration to accomplish things, whereas self-confidence... Mm-hmm is knowing you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems, in my mind at least, it's a little bit more laid 
back almost, where mm-hmm. I see as being more action-oriented. Mm-hmm. How's your self-confidence? Does it feel um, uh, stable? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. As I've gotten older, my self-confidence has certainly improved. I think when mm-hmm. I was younger, it was not great, right? And hence the fear of, oh, God, right. I'm not good enough, right? Um, as I've gotten older and I've had enough examples of success, oh, or it's like, okay, if I don't make it on this deadline, it's not the end of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Then I've I, my confidence has increased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Some of the women that I've interviewed have related to me that they've had medical emergencies um, while they were sort of, uh, I'm going to say, frantically setting up their new businesses. I wondered if anything like this ever happened to you, and if so, what can you share about this experience to our ambitious entrepreneurs out there who believe that they shouldn't, couldn't ever slow down or take care of themselves? Oh, yeah, no, I've had my share of actually medical emergencies. Um, (laughs) Unfortunately, when I was, I think, 31, I got a blood clot and pulmonary embolism, uh, and I was you know, I had to get multiple surgeries, and then um, recently, as of last year, um, I started getting panic attacks because I was so stressed, Um, and one of the things I learned uh, is similar to to running, so I'm a runner, right, and if you don't stretch and you overdo it, uh, you're going to injure yourself, and then you can't run for six, eight weeks, you know, whatever the time is to heal. Uh, It's the same thing with stress management. If you push yourself too hard and you don't slow down, you're actually going to get yourself in a much worse situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of these things where, you know, I'm saying the words, and um, it's so hard to do. I'm actually reading <laughs> a book right now on meditation, right, because it's something where it's like, okay, I know I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so creating, 15, you know, carving out 15 minutes, which even that is like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get 15 minutes out of mm-hmm. carving mm-hmm. out for meditation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, when I do it, I do find my decision-making is better. Uh, I am more relaxed, uh, and I, I come from a place that's more grounded versus being reactionary. And can you hold it? I mean, is it is it something that can stay with you for the day, or the minute the email inbox opens, you're off and running and kind of have lost sight of the moment of, I don't know, peace and tranquility. Then, yeah, you know, it's, um, I would say it's a work in progress for me. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I do enjoy doing is, you know, if I can, I get out in the middle of the day and just go for a little walk around the block, take 10 minutes, right. clear my head. And I find during that time, I actually get a lot of thoughtful insights um, that I wouldn't get if I was just, you know, going through my inbox and mm-hmm. answering the phone and, and just working. And of course, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world to carve out time either. Things will get done. Yeah, it feels like it sometimes. It feels like right. it, right? Especially when you're right. getting buried under right. all this work. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But but it is. I think it's very important to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about professional loneliness. Have you ever experienced this? And if so, what do you do to help yourself? Have you helped yourself through it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of the things when I became a CEO that I was not anticipating. And uh, it was, it's real. Professional loneliness is real. It's the real deal. Um, there were so many things that I couldn't tell anyone. And I, so many challenges and questions I had, and I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. So mm-hmm. there's a, a few things. Um, uh uh, one of the things that I did when, when I was a CEO is I, I talked to my dad, who was also a former CEO, 
mm-hmm. and he became my confidant, and and that was incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, I've I've joined several organizations. Um, one of them being EWA, which is the Exceptional Women Awardees Program. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's a mentorship program for for women. Uh, so that, you know, like my dad's wonderful. Not every woman has a dad who's been a CEO. So uh, <laughs> these professional organizations and mentorships um, are incredibly helpful uh, mm-hmm. in terms of just bouncing ideas and, you know, um, helping helping you see things that maybe you don't see because you're so entrenched in, in uh, certain uh, point of view. So and that is also really helpful. And I think also there's the, the idea that it's not um, safe or accepted to say that things aren't good, that, that the loneliness is sort of there. It's more important to sort of, you know, be strong and say that, you know, you're okay with whatever it is that you're doing as a CEO um, without necessarily the support that would be helpful. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the hardest things. Uh, and again, I was the CEO of one company, and it was a turnaround. But um, mm-hmm. the the outward expression of everything's great, we're going to take right. this business, and just, you know, it's going to be amazing. And just to be so upbeat and so positive with the team, when inside I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. 30 days of cash left on here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a disaster, mm-hmm. right? And that, that dichotomy of having to... Um, that was so challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, different CEOs have different views on that, right? Some right. CEOs are much more transparent. Um, but, uh, you know, I highly recommend that, that anyone who's going through that have someone you can talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because then being upbeat feels less disconnected emotionally because you've been able to tell somebody right. that you're not feeling necessarily as upbeat as you feel like you need to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they may have some perspective or some insight that actually makes you feel a little bit more upbeat. Mm-hmm. There so. you go. Also kind of keep you in check. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, would you consider yourself someone who thinks outside the box? I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm probably a 6 or 7. I'm not really outside-the-box thinkers, although I know people like that, and I really admire them. Mm-hmm. But every now and then, I have my moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what does that give you from, like, a business or a personal um, perspective? Oh, just creative solutions to solve problems. Mm-hmm. A lot of business is just about solving problems, and there's all sorts of problems that come at you in every which kind of way. And mm-hmm. so having that out-of-the-box thinking provides some sort of a, a different kind of framework to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last question. What do you think a successful businesswoman DNA is, and how might you evaluate someone having this? I don't know if there's any like one DNA in that I think there's a lot of different kinds of successful people. Some are extroverted, some are introverted. Um, some are analytical, some are people persons. Sure. Um, if, if I had to choose one thing, I would probably say grit because mm-hmm. it is hard to be a CEO and a founder. I mean, really hard. Mm-hmm. You have to be so resilient and overcome things. And like, I guarantee you, there's there's going to be, you know, a lot of ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And so to mm-hmm. have that determination and grit, I think is probably the number one most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
also something, by the way, you have. From the yes, I do. <laughs> and so it's something that yes, is pract practical. And without it, life would have felt, um, I don't know, different <laughs> at a minimum. Yeah, it would have been a lot harder, I think. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I do happen to be resilient, and I've had a lot of opportunities to overcome things. So I've gotten better at that skill. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, yeah, it is, it is so important because I think, you know, in life there are just ups and downs, and accepting that, acknowledging yeah. it, and figuring so out sure. you're going through a down, mm -hmm. you know, how, to, how you're going to get through it, it's so important. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Believe it or not, Kirsten, we're at the end of our podcast that went very fast. I wonder if I could ask you, if our listeners want to learn more about you, where might they find you? Sure. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to find me. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time today. Great. Super. Well, thank you very much, and I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women. For more information on her guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe in open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at dr.lesliekenudsen at dr.lesliekenudsen.com.